Hey folks, this is Pastor Daniel Voss from Mountain View Church in Queen Creek, Santan Valley, Arizona, just a few miles south of you guys. I want to take a moment to say thank you. Over the past year, Pastor Darren, Jen, and Pastor James have invested heavily in Mountain View CR program, helping it get it started from nothing to what it is today. In fact, every Monday night, you send a representative from your church to ours. We just completed our first two step studies, and we are so proud of the people who've accomplished this feat. In fact, I think that they even have bigger plans for this ministry to continue going forward. So I just wanna say thank you from our family to yours for everything that you have done for us over this past year. I love Pastor Darren and Jen, they are wonderful people. In fact, I love Focus Church. If I wasn't attending Mountain View, I may be attending yours. God bless you guys. Thank you so much again for investing into us, and we look forward to seeing God continually increase our kingdom efforts together. Hey, I'm James, one of the pastors here at Focus 3.14. Isn't that a cool video? So I just want to thank Pastor Darren for allowing me some time to talk about Celebrate Recovery, what's happening in us and through us at Celebrate Recovery at Focus 3.14. Do you mind if I share a little bit with it with you today okay a couple people thank you say were those the same people that were cheering for the house party all right <laughs> so sober recovery has been up and running for the past year last february we launched at mountain view church and it's a place where you can go to find healing and recovery and this is something that church you're a part of well at focus 314 we try to not have a closed fist be an open church and be willing to have that kingdom mind, mindset and serve other churches. And that's what we've been doing. And we've seen some amazing life change happen. Some of the other partnerships that we've had include Prison Fellowship, which is the largest prison ministry in the world. We've been able to partner with them to bring a Prison Fellowship on Tuesdays and Thursdays at, at the Florence State Prison. And we can bring Christ and recovery to those that are in prison there. And some of the other partnerships we've had is the Arizona Governor's Office of Youth, Faith, and Family. I've had four meetings at the state capitol with the governor's office. And this is, once again, you guys are a part of this. As I go in there and uh, they get to hear about the amazing things that, that we are doing, they have opened the doors for us and have said, hey, how can we help? And they've introduced us to people that have expanded our reach all across the state, not just this area, but all over the state. But for us, we're not satisfied with just reaching the state. We love Arizona. I was in the East Coast this past uh, week, and that reminded me of how much I love Arizona because the weather, it was hotter there. You guys had nicer weather here. And, but for us, we want to reach the world. And we've been actually able to partner with missionaries this past year. We had someone who is planning CRs, planning celibate recoveries all over Africa. He's in Kenya, but he's serving beyond that. And he came and spoke at Mountain View, and he's, we were able to connect him to other CRs in the valley. And then we actually had a group of pastors going to Haiti, and they reached out to me and asked, hey, is there anyone we can serve while we're in Haiti? And I was able to connect them to a ministry in Haiti that's doing celibate recovery. And then I'm actually bringing the leaders from Haiti to here and connecting them to several celebrate recoveries to be able to, to share what's happening in Haiti. And we just have a heart for beyond this area, beyond our church, beyond our state, all across the world. And we've also been able to partner with a nationally accredited school of social work to be a practicum placement for a master's of social work student. And all of this is nice, but 
That is not what gets me most excited. What gets me most excited is the healing and recovery that's happening through God, through this ministry. And for us, our goal has always been that the Celebrate Recovery at Mountain View is self-sustaining, that it's a ministry of that church. We're able to serve them, but they're able to be self-sustaining and run it. And what was so nice was I was able to visit, and I didn't have to do anything. And that's not what, was, what it was nice about. What was nice was I was sitting there, and each person who came up, each person who shared, had been there a year previously, was in a really bad state, a lot of issues, but they were able to work through those through the power of Christ, and they're now leading that ministry. And it was awesome to see. And so that's, that's something uh, that we have found, is this ministry changes lives. And we never know who is going to need that life change. One of the biggest uh, surprises that the leaders had, I wasn't really surprised at this, but they were, and they said, James, all these pastors and leaders from other churches are coming and coming to our group. Why is that? And I said, everyone needs recovery. It's not just because you have a, a pastor title doesn't mean your hurts, habits, and hangups just stop. Sometimes it makes it a little more difficult, but um, we never know who's going to need that life change. And so we have been able to welcome them and get them connected. We actually started a celebrating pastors in recovery group, and that enables pastors to get together and share what they struggle with without someone you know, there that is listening as well. It makes it more safe for them. And because everyone struggles with an issue, that issue could be a hurt that maybe someone caused you, that you try to medicate or you try to ignore it. It could be a hang-up. Maybe you work so hard that you try to forget all of your issues, but they're still there. Maybe it's picking the wrong relationship, and you think, well, if I just get another man or another woman, that'll solve my problems. And then you get in one relationship, and you realize, oh, that wasn't it. Still some struggles. And it's in one relationship, out of one, in one, out of one, and it's just a constant struggle. And Or maybe you've picked up a compulsive habit. Maybe you've become abusive, angry, critical, judgmental, cynical. Notice one of the things I, I didn't mention, we do see people who struggle with drugs and alcohol, but often people think about recovery, they think about those, but I just listed a wide variety of other issues that we struggle with. And one of the things that your issue could look like, it could look like a boulder, maybe this boulder that Indiana Jones ran from, if you remember that. Maybe it's something that's just a big issue that's just chasing you down and you're looking back but not running, and, and it's going to run you over. Or it could be a pebble. This is actually the same pebble that's up there that's in my hand. Maybe you look at this and you think, what harm can that do? That's just a pebble. Well, I've had experiences with just a pebble. It can still do a lot of damage. Does anyone know what a ring doorbell camera is? So for those of you that don't, it's a doorbell uh, that actually records what's happening on the outside. And one day I was walking outside barefoot, I was walking my dog, and I stepped on a pebble, and my leg got knocked out from under me because of this small pebble, and I fell down. And it was, uh, the first thing I did was look around, okay, good, no one saw it, and then I looked back, the ring camera captured everything, and I still didn't learn, learn from that experience because last night I'm barefoot. And I'm taking the dog, and I go to the door, and I'm, walk, I'm about to walk out. And then I look, and I see, okay, Brene, my wife's shoes are there. Maybe I can just fit my shoe, my feet in there. 
did not work. I actually went and got my shoes on. But it's because I came to realize something as small as this can take us down. And small issue. And that's because we aren't God. I love this quote. It says, it isn't the mountain ahead that wears you out. It's the grain of, grain of sand in your shoe. Think about that. How many would want to walk to Phoenix with this in your shoe? It's not going to be difficult. And for me, that took a lot of time to actually realize that. And I had to go through a lot of pain as a result of that. And for those of you that may not know, this is actually our fourth CR Sunday. So our fourth time that we've been able to talk about this ministry, the fourth time I've been able to share some of my story. And maybe you've heard it before or you haven't. I've actually provided a link on your talk notes that will take you to, you can listen to all the past three messages. And how many know we have fun at this church? I actually put the video of me falling because like I said, I looked up, no one captured it, but the video is there. I put it on that link, so I don't mind you guys laughing at me. It was a, I learned from my experience. But in those Sundays, it hasn't been just about my message. It's been about others. I've had my wife uh, come up and have an opportunity to share how celibate recovery helped her when she was in a dark place. We had three other people come up last year and share about how celibate recovery in Christ has done the same for them. And you can listen to them, those stories, and uh, link through your talk notes. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, the link is tinyurl.com backslash resources314. Now, I talked about how celibate recovery, and in those messages, I talked about how it has helped me with four major issues in my life. And an important part of celibate recovery is talking about those issues. Because for us, we don't let those issues define us. We can talk about it because they don't have any power over us anymore. So this is evident in how we introduce ourselves. So from the beginning, we start with this introduction. So when I come up, this is how I introduce myself. My name is James. I'm a grateful believer who struggles with an addiction to pornography, and I celebrate victory over anger, self-reliance, and pride. But there's another issue that I, I didn't say in this that I usually talk about, but I haven't talked about it in detail up here on a Sunday, and that issue is with food. I came into celibate recovery because I was using pornography to escape into a fantasy world. I could isolate, indulge myself, and forget the cares of the, of the world. And when I gave up pornography, I immediately substituted food for that issue. And it soon became out of control. Now, I didn't think I had a problem, but when I showed this to Pastor Raphael, he said, whoa, you look like that guy who shot President Reagan. <laughs> now, obviously, I don't look like that anymore, so how did it happen? Well... I came to the realization that my choices had gotten me to where I was. My choices had an impact on my physical health. And I could also have choices that could be healing choices or destructive choices. And in Celebrate Recovery, we believe that there are eight healthy choices that help us through that recovery process, help us to that life change experience. And they're always the same. And I've worked them, like I said, through four issues. I've, I've seen them work in my life and lives of those close to me but I've seen them actually work in thousands of people's lives, and it's amazing to see someone go through that process of recovery. It's a physical change that we often get to see, and it's just amazing. And what I, I, I'm so convinced that these choices will work for any issue, for any person, because these are not something that someone just came up with, that we just wrote down, came up with. These are from the Bible. These are from the words of Jesus Christ. 
They are actually the first eight verses from his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And he actually said them in the order that we work through them, which is amazing. The choices uh, will be up on the screen, but it, they're also on the Bible app, and they're on that, that link as well. So you don't have to feverishly write them down as we're going. But I want to get started because I know there's a lot of them. Uh, eight choices. So choice number one is realize I'm not God. I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. And the scripture that goes along with that is happy are those who know that they are spiritually poor. And one of the things that, that we don't realize is, uh, I love this quote that, that, that sums up this thought of not realizing that we are not God. And this quote says, the reason why many are still troubled, still seeking, still making little forward progress is because they have not yet come to the end of themselves, we are still trying to give orders and interfering with God's work within us. So what does that, that look like, that, that in action? What it looks like is that we are not God. We will never be. And what it looks like is when we, are, we are realize we're humans and the times that we try to be like God are the times that we're most equal to Satan, who also tried to be equal with God. And I love that um, just reminder that I want to be more like God. I, I want less like Satan. And for me, when I got to this issue, it was a fairly easy choice, this, this fifth issue I was working. It wasn't so easy with the, the first one because I kept saying, well, if I just try this, uh, I'll be able to change it. Or I'll change it one of these days. Or it's not an issue. I was minimalizing it, going through all these different things to justify my behavior. Well, it's sunny outside, I can look at pornography. It's, it's night outside, I can look at it. I had a bad day, I'll look at it. I had a good day, I'll celebrate. So I, I can make up those excuses. And, but for me, uh, realizing that I'm not God at this point when I was working on food was something that actually was good for me because it took a lot out of, out of, off of my shoulders. I looked at how God had taken me through these issues and I didn't have to be God. I could turn it over to him. And the second choice, though, that we'll have up here is, was not so easy when I was working through this issue of food. Choice number two is earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. The scriptures are, happier those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, Matthew 5, 4. And for me, it was the, the part that I matter to God, uh, because the most important issue with food for me was I wasn't happy with myself. I had a hard time loving others because I didn't love myself. And I had to admit that, that I matter to God and that he has the power to help me recover. And I could let him help me. I didn't have to try to do it myself. The, those two previous choices involve admitting and believing. This next choice is where we get into action. Because how many know, hey, we can have a vision, we can admit we can believe but it takes some action to get us to where we're going and this is where choice number three is this action choice it's consciously choose that's that action to commit all my life and will to christ's care and control happy are the meek matthew 5 5 so that meant giving up my will and changing the way that i did things and that's where when i substituted food for pornography i didn't commit all of my life and will to God. I just committed the part that was causing me the most pain. 
wasn't just causing me pain, it was also causing my wife pain because when I shared it with her, she thought the problem was with her. And so, but I was able to give that, that up, and, but I didn't address that issue of substitution. What about you? Maybe there's something that you're holding back that you need to take that step. Maybe you're substituting uh, one issue for the other. Something that maybe started like that small pebble that's now a boulder rolling down about to roll over you. But it's not just you that it's going to affect. It's going to affect others as well. Maybe it's time you work through these choices. Maybe it's time you have admitted it because that takes the power out of it. When we try to hide something, it, it gives it power. But when we share it, it takes that power away. And so that's what we do in choice number four is when we admit it. And choice number four is openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. And what that results in that, that as we go through that is become pure in heart. And it says, happy are the pure in heart. How many want to be happy? How many want to be pure? So for me, my issue, and you can see in this image, was visible to others, but it wasn't visible to me. But once I admitted that I had a problem, that I was powerless to fix it, I had to believe that God had that power to help me recover. And I had to turn that issue over to him. And I started examining, hey, what are the reasons why I had this issue? Um, And I confessed that behavior. And what that was, was I was just that isolation. And I was doing that justification and, hey, it's, uh, it's sunny out. I'm going to go barbecue. Okay, it's raining out. I'm going to go to my favorite restaurant. Uh, and I had a bad day, so I'm going to gorge. I had a good day. Let's celebrate. And I just couldn't stop, and I, I just got out of control. And for me, it, it's really hard when we get to this choice number four because society tells us differently. Society tells us, hey, we need to be the Lone Ranger. We need to be self-reliant. But some of you don't know who Lone Ranger is, but those of you that do, he had Tonto. So he had someone that, that he could, uh, could support him. And for me, it was, it was hard to go through that process of trusting someone because I didn't know, hey, what are they going to do with that information I'm sharing, that, that secret, that struggle? What are they going to do with it? Are they going to look at me differently? Are they going to judge me? But despite those fears, I went ahead and shared it. And it was amazing because it had less power over me, as I said. I was able to be vulnerable. I was able to uh, just realize that picture is no longer me. I'm a new creation, and that's what this process of recovery is all about. So we're halfway through here, and as you can see, Darren's walking up. He is also a new creation in Christ, and we get to hear about his story as well. Good morning. Focus 314, thank you so much for the opportunity to share with you my experience, strength, and hope about the topic of choices. My name is Darren. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I have 19-month victory over sexual purity, and I'm currently working on trust and control. There comes a time in our Christian walk where we, we will be challenged by the Holy Spirit to change our old behavior and start living a new way. You have just heard about the first four foundational choices from Pastor James, and I'm going to talk about choices five through eight. Choice number five, voluntarily, say voluntarily, submit to any and all changes God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires, Matthew 5, 6. 
When God reveals a new area in our life that needs work, we will have a choice to make. We can be obedient to the Lord, or we can resist the Holy Spirit's promptings and debate with God on how, we were wrong, how, how he is wrong. I'm going to use the topic of drinking alcohol as my personal example because it's a perfect example of how foolish I can think as a believer. Alcohol is not on my list of struggles. I've never been in celebrate it's never been in my celebrate recovery introduction. I don't have any drinking related incidents, no fights, no DUIs, no yelling, no crying, and I keep it to a minimum anyway. For me, it's a non-issue. I can go 30, 60, or 90 days without no without alcohol. The only booze in my house is a nasty bottle of wine that will never be open unless a wine drinker pops in. Note to self, don't drink wine at my house. My logic is, I work hard. Why can't I have a couple of beers like a free man? I'm not getting blasted and fighting with the moon. Just a couple of beers at the ball game with my steak. No big deal. God is gently asking me to quit alcohol for good. My first response is, I don't have an issue, God. See? No DUIs. No fighting. My second response is, didn't you turn water into wine? Jesus is always impressed when you know the word. My third response is, watch, I'll quit for 30, 60, or 90 days. See, God, no issue. Isaiah 30, 18. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show you mercy. The Lord patiently waits for me. Reasoning and debating with the Lord didn't quiet the Holy Spirit's whisper. 30, 60, 90 days really didn't either. Good progress, but not the final solution. Disobedience to the Holy Spirit is just a waste of time. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. I have a choice to be obedient to the Lord or not. I choose obedience. Last month, I finally told the guys at CR, I'm going to quit one year, no alcohol. Really, it's quitting forever, but my mind can't handle that. So I'm saying one day at a time. They were all happy and they laughed because they understand my flawed logic. I had to get help. I had to put my struggle into the light. I had to change. That brings us to choice number six. Evaluate all my relationships and offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I've done to others when possible, except when to do so would hurt them or others. Happy are the merciful, Matthew 5, 7. Happy are the peacemakers, Matthew 5, 9. Nobody is making me quit alcohol. God isn't, the law isn't, my family, no friends, church leaders. Nobody can make a man do anything anyway. Right, ladies? I, I want to do this. God's track record for knowing what's best in my life is pretty good. He sees a flaw and needs me to change my choices. I, ha I don't have amends here for this issue or any other issue because of the work I've done in my own recovery. I have forgiveness in my heart, and I've made amends for the mistakes I've done in the past. I have a clean slate of forgiveness in my life, but I do need to evaluate my, my relationships. 
evaluating my relationships. One thing I always do is I replace a bad behavior with a good behavior. I need to have fun without alcohol. I need to cultivate relationships and build community around other things besides drinking. This is the unknown path for me. This is the fear point of change. This is where I need to trust Jesus because this is the opportunity for a better life here and in, and in the next. I'm not talking about getting new friends either. I love my friends that drink alcohol. I'm grateful for the people in my life. The partiers in my life have shown me God's love. They were there for me when everyone else abandoned me. They were the ones that called me to check on me after my divorce. They were the ones that stayed with me, and we cried together. God used those people to show me love at a time when I was left alone. That being said, if they, continue to, or if they keep trying to offer me drinks, then we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> you see, I can't let anyone influence me. I need to be the influencer. Choice number seven, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God's will, God and his will for my life, and to gain the power to follow his will. It takes time. Say it takes time. Flushing out old habits and applying God's principles is a work in progress. This is where God will do the work. He can show me where I'm missing the mark. He can show me creative ways to entertain myself. He will show me a new joy in my life. This is where the deep healing occurs. The old is gone and the new comes. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That brings us to choice number eight. Yield myself to God to be used to bring good news to others both by my example and my words. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires, Matthew 5.10. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm not a finished product, obviously. I don't have everything figured out. So why am I up here? I'm up here simply because I've said yes to Jesus. I have seen God use me simply because I'm willing, not because I was perfect. I'm not waiting to be perfect anymore before I say, say yes to Jesus. It's not about following rules. This is about real freedom, God's freedom in his love. It's about that deep agape love that comes from the Lord. God is healing me by his love. Whatever God is leading you to add or subtract to your life, I want to encourage you to give Jesus a chance. He has never let me down. Things that I thought were gone, God has restored to great depths. Things I thought I was missing out on, God gave me a new thing that was so much better. He never gives up on us. Focus 314 is a great church because they lead with an open hand, not with a closed fist. This is a community of believers that does not point figures, but instead comes alongside and encourages good choices. Not to feel better about themselves, but instead to give glory to our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. Each choice we make towards obedience to him above is a blessing, not a burden. I pray that you will see this transformation in your own life by listening to the Holy Spirit 
and obeying his word. Thanks for letting me share. Hey, let's give it up for Darren and God. So I talked about the foundational choices, and Darren talked about those maintenance choices. Once we have that life-changing experience, how do we maintain that? Because we don't want it just to be a one-time experience. We want to be a, a daily inventory of looking at ourselves and where we're at. And for me, what that tangibly looks like is each day at the end of the day, I just ask myself one question. Did I give my best? And sometimes the answer is no. And I have a, a day the next day to try it again. Sometimes my best may not be good enough for someone that's in my life, but I still try to give my best. And I love it that what Darren said about we don't have to be perfect. We just have to simply say yes. And I love that. And I want to share another story about Apostle Peter, who his name in Greek was Petros. And that means small rock or pebble. Remember, we've been talking about that this morning. But Jesus said to, the, uh, said to, the, to him, this in Matthew 16, 18. He said, And I tell you that you are Peter, Petra, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Isn't that awesome? Some translations say that Jesus used Petra here. That doesn't mean pebble. It means ledge or cliff of rock. That means that Jesus is giving him a new name. He is not defined by his old view his his old name and he's actually saying that the gates of Hades will not overcome it that's pretty powerful stuff but when Jesus said this to Peter he didn't feel like a, a cliff or a rock he may maybe he felt like a pebble maybe he felt like Mr. Impulsive but Jesus didn't tell him what he was he told him what he could be isn't that powerful later Peter failed Jesus by denying him but Peter wasn't the only one who failed Jesus. Judas also failed him in a major way. However, Peter's future wasn't defined by that failure. And he was actually used, perhaps more than anyone in the Christian faith, built his church on Peter. And the gates of Hades not overcome it. I love that. And here's the difference between Peter and Judas. It was the reaction to the failure. They both failed but Peter had a bad moment, and Judas had a bad heart. This gives me hope because we aren't defined by our failures. We can turn our bad moment into our redemption. Today when Darren Nolf spoke and, and myself spoke, we introduced ourselves as grateful believers who struggle, and we're not perfect, we haven't arrived, but our identity is not in our struggle. Our identity is in Christ, and you have that identity too. It's not just something for us. Second Corinthians tells you, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. This is the message that God wants to deliver today, because uh, when I was doing my prep, Darren and I came together. He had that in his, and we hadn't even talked, and he had that. And so that's the message that we want to deliver to you today. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and your spiritual foundation is on pebbles, and you want it to be on that solid foundation. Maybe there's an area of your life that you need to turn over to him. Maybe it's like that boulder that's coming down that's not going to just take you out, but others as well. Or maybe it's a pebble that's just starting like sand in your shoe as you face that, that mountain. Come on, church, will you please stand with me today because I want to give you that opportunity to realize you don't have to be perfect. It just involves simply saying yes 
and building your spiritual foundation on Him. I want to give you your opportunity to face your boulder, face your pebble. Just begin to close your eyes and contemplate this. If this is you, with no one looking around, with boldness, I ask that you raise your hand so I can be praying for you. Great. Take that grand of saying out of your shoe. Stop giving orders. Stop interfering with what God wants you to do. Maybe you've been in here and you're ready to turn that struggle over, but you don't know if someone is safe to, to share it. I want, want you to take an opportunity. In your talk notes, we actually have a statement that you can say. It says, my name is blank, and I'm a grateful believer who struggles with blank. What you can do is you can fill in those blanks, and you can share that. We'll have safe people out in the connection tent out there. Myself will be out there. Uh, Darren will be out there. We'll have a, a woman for the ladies to come to. And share that with us. Take the power out of that issue that's over that you're struggling with. Maybe we're available any Sunday to do that, but as we sing this song, I want you to contemplate taking that step today.